Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Oh, yeah. We are fired up. We have a fantastic show to you for you tonight. And it's flooding down in Texas. And, and this time we really mean it. Bring we are, Indy cars. We're over the <laughs> wow. top. We got IndyCar coming to Austin. This is John Massengill, Les Kaiser's in yeah. studio, Jonathan Green. And we have a special guest in studio. We have Willie T. Ribs. Willie, Woo! welcome to the show, man. Hey, uh... Rain or shine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought we lot, weren't going to make it. Yeah. I, I was out in the hill country with uh, Willie T this afternoon, and I was thinking, are we going to make it in today? Because it's it. We've had what three, four inches today. Well, where I'm at, four inches. Yeah, God. Yeah, I've it's heard it's like six inches in today. So yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Luckily, I always think this... of Stevie Ray when I'm thinking flooding down in Texas when it's like today. But hey, well, luckily this isn't NASCAR, so we're yeah, here. There you go. <laughs> Well, uh, let me run down what we're going to do on the show tonight, because obviously we got Willie T. Ribs. We're going to tell you all about his background, all the barriers in racing that he has broken, and we are going to talk about IndyCar coming to Dakota that was announced this week. Yep. And Jonathan got a fantastic interview with the chairman and founder of Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein, talking all about Indy coming to Austin uh, some great information in this interview that uh-huh. you may not have heard everywhere because it's it's just kind of a good consolidation it's of all that. It's an exclusive. Yeah, exclusive interview. That was a one-on-one. You and Bobby got that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to touch on MotoGP. If you've seen the crazy Oof. clip in MotoGP, uh, that that was. We got to tell you about this. Yeah, I want to. I, I want, you may not have seen it, but I want your opinion on it, and I know you'll have one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play it for you here in a minute, Willie. So. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do all of that, and we got, and we're so excited because we're gonna jump right in now with Willie T. Ribs because his his history and of breaking racial barriers in motorsport uh, is phenomenal, and and we're so excited to have you. Well, it's good uh, to yeah, talk to the guys who really know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I, and and from what I hear, you guys don't pull punches. No, we ain't, I, we ain't we ain't fooling. Yeah, right. I will say this, Willie. I mean, some of the topics we're going to cover tonight with you are very topical, way beyond motorsports. It's it's a social topic right now. Yeah, because we are we're going to talk. What Les is referring to is we're going to talk about the controversy that Derek Daly. And Connor Daly got caught up in. Yeah, and I uh, was with Connor that day, that weekend yeah. at Road America, and I was furious. Uh, let's let's. Well, what do you want? Where do you want to? Let's I start think with start it. with Willie's background. Yeah, let's, let's, why don't you give us, a little, us a little bit back, about? Yeah. yeah, and I want to first of all know wait, well, how you got into Austin, Texas. Yeah. Well, I background first. My dad used to race cars. My grandfather had a very successful plumbing company, and after World War II was over. The GIs were coming back, and the building boom really took off in California. I mean, the building exploded, so my grandfather's company really took off, and he did real well, bought a lot of real estate, built a lot of apartment and condos that he owned, and then he retired and went uh, and moved to 
on a ranch up near Sacramento and um, left the business to my dad and uncle. Well, my dad uh, liked racing, and he got he started motorcycle racing because his buddy was Joe Leonard, who was eight-time national champion, hmm. and, and Joe Leonard was two-time IndyCar champion as well. So <clears throat> that was my introduction to racing. My dad was doing it when I was a kid, and um, I knew when I was nine years old what I wanted. I wanted for a career path. How so? How did you get? How did you first start then? How did you get into it? Uh, obviously, your dad helped you, but um, what was your first, if you like, uh, attempt at racing? Well, I went to England straight away. When I got out of high school, I was um, I worked in the in the in the business for about a year and a half right out of high school. And made you know saved up some money, and then my family said, "We'll take care of the rest. What what you don't, what you haven't saved up, we'll handle the rest." Back then, that was a big move. Oh, it was, well, but <clears throat> I knew why I was doing it, and the reason I wanted I wanted to be a Formula One driver. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Emerson Fittipaldi left Brazil mm-hmm. and went to England. Yep, and that and a lot of drivers were going from different countries going to England to compete. Um, so I remember this being a big deal. To re- relate it to something current, Toyota Racing Series in New Zealand yep. is what, the uh, the rising star, shooting star? What what was that? Well, it, ours was the star of tomorrow. St- stars okay. of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Dun- Dunlop. Yep. Dunlop sponsors. Very similar, yeah. Right. I do a series in New Zealand every year. Lance Stroll's won it. Uh, more previously, uh, Lando Norris, who's just got his ride in Formula One uh, for McLaren, he w- won it. Uh that Danica Patrick started that way. She went over to the Formula Ford Festival. A lot of Americans do that, and that's where they get noticed. Danica was one of them. It sounds like you did the same, thing. Did the same so, thing. So, who noticed you? Well, actually, Bernie Ecclestone was one of the first person. <laughs> but now that's a good effort. That's a good intro. <laughs> and I went there, and my first race, I went to this uh, gentleman by the name of Mike Eastick. He owned Scorpion Racing, mm-hmm. and I went out to his farm and told him that I wanted to drive his cars. He had no idea. I had no racing experience. I just had a racing license, but I had no experience. And I didn't tell him. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so he took me out testing, and we did okay. It was rain. So he really didn't get a good evaluation, uh-huh. right? And then the first race was, I think, um, Ulton Park. Yep. In Cheshire, yep. Ulton Park. And then I That's a tough up, course. Yeah, it was. And I finished... Um, third, and my next race was Snedderton, and I won. Wow. Can you remember who, <laughs> nice. you, who you raced against? Anybody we'd know? Oh, God. Well, Mansell. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> heard of him. <laughs> Actually, Mansell was my fourth race. Okay. Okay, at, at Brands Hatch. It was Michael Rowe, Mansell, and myself on the podium. Rowe won it. I was second. Mansell was third. Oh, that that would he wouldn't like that. Well, <laughs> Dan Americans coming over here. That's why he came back over here. He had to, he, he was payback. That's came your back fault. After, he came yeah. over. <laughs> and I've known him for a long time. It's your fault he came to Indy. <laughs> and he and well, Mansell was already world champion. I know. When he came to Indy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we've been friends since that day in Brands Hatch in 1977. That's cool. So um, that. That uh, my first race, I was third. The second race, I won. The third race, I won. Well, then Ecclestone and Gordon Murray, his designer, yeah, yeah, yeah. came to Brands Hatch, mm-hmm. and he, they both walked up to me, and uh, they said, uh, well, he introduced himself. I said, Oh, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, We're 
He says, um, how do you find it over here? I said, well, I came here to race Formula One eventually. And they said, we will be watching you. Good. <laughs> and that was it. It, yeah. was, it was five minutes. And it was little bitty Bernie and tall Gordon Murray. And uh, <laughs> that was worth it. That was worth the whole trip being just, <laughs> just, a, yeah. just that five minutes. And oh, you knew exactly who he was. Oh, you bet I did. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, that's and, that's uh, really good. And I knew Formula One. I mean, my dad was racing, but I saw Jimmy Clark mm -hmm. race wow. in Monterey, California uh, when, as a kid. And I was very young. And it was, I think, 1964. And, I, and so I would travel with my dad to races all around the western part of the United States, and then he did racing on the western part of the United States, amateur stuff, not mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, I, I had met Gurney and and Parnelli Jones and all the people that I'd watched as a kid. You know, I, I followed them, yeah. and I studied them, and then I decided I'd go to England based on the, the success that Emerson Fittipaldi had. Fittipaldi went from Brazil to England. Yeah. And he won, and he became uh, Formula uh, Formula One driver, Formula Three, then Formula One. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, like I said, trailblazing at the time, no question about it. So, did you stay or I ran out of money? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna show it. <laughs> starts I, getting expensive after a oh while. Oh yeah, and I won my my the Formula Ford championship. Okay, in my first year, which a lot of Americans still go to this day. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was it was. It was so competitive. It was like going to the NFL football combine. It is, isn't it? It's actually yeah. a very, very good analogy, yeah. to be yeah. honest. You're an amateur, and you want to you want the pros to see it. And literally, there are I wouldn't say hundreds, but not far off, all wanting. You know, yeah. It's the first time you really get any national exposure. It's a brand hatch, and you know, generally speaking, but there there is almost like a, a bunch of people like Bernie sitting there going, okay. Who who shows because it, I mean, it's a lottery. Anybody can. Some of the greatest drivers have got failed miserably uh, at the uh, Formula Ford Festival. Others have like shone, shone a yeah. huge light. But the real guys who are team managers and the likes of Bernie go there looking for not just the guy who wins it, but the guy who, you know, uh, has the potential, has the look, has well, and I a, stood a lot out. of things. Yeah, I'll bet. I stood out. <laughs> not just as an American, right? Yeah. You know, I stood out. So there was some interest. And uh, Autosport, Jeremy Shaw at Autosport covered, yep. covered me uh, a lot. And he's still helping youngsters to this day. We've had him on the show a bunch of times. He has this, the U.S. scholarship. He's been held. The latest one was Oliver Askew. Uh, I think there's another one that will be another one this year. But he's still going, and he is still identifying the yeah, youth. I and I love Shaw that. Yeah, Indy this year. Yeah, I love the fact uh, that he's he a good friend that. of the show. We, he, that's his goal, really. It has been, I guess, is to find young drivers, young talent. And it's funny because I'm we as Speed City are taking up that mantle a little bit. I still cover Formula Three. I do the Macau Grand Prix every year, and the Toyota I just mentioned. But now with uh, America getting F3 as an FIA, point scoring for super license ability and F4, there's probably now the opportunities that you didn't have perhaps here, especially if your goal was Formula One, now exist. Uh, and that's really cool. Well, so it, Formula uh, One's owned by an American company. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Know, all bets are off. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it, there's uh, a need for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, the... The big man, he built it. Bernie built it. Mm -hmm. And he did it. I am 
uh, Bernie Ecclestone uh, friend and mm-hmm. fan, and uh, I, I love the guy. And the reason we're talking to Willie T is because this story that we're hearing bits of, we won't we won't get the whole story because we don't want to ruin it, but uh, the reason being that your story is now being told on the big screen. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and uh, we're going to get to some other parts of the highlights of your career, which included Indy and Trans Am, but um, we want to hear about the reason we're talking to you more more or less uh, tonight is that you, that story can everybody can hear and see, and it's entertainment. And Willie, I, I want to. We need to take a break, but I, because th- we'll make people stick to the break because this movie is going to be really cool. I want we want to hear the whole story about that. So uh, this, the new movie called Uppity it's coming out pretty quick. So uh, Willie's going to give us the scoop on that. Tell us what's happening. So all right, we're going to take a break. Listen to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. World Rallycross USA makes its debut at the Circuit of the Americas on September 29th and 30th. The FIA World Rallycross Championship presented by Monster Energy features head-to-head short, sharp racing on dirt and asphalt and a mega jump to boot. Experience the thrills, spills and some of the most intense, exciting racing in motorsport. And that's not all. The stars of America's Rallycross will also be competing in their final event featuring Kenny Block, Steve Arpin, Scott Speed and many more. For ticket information, go to worldrxusa.com. worldrxusa.com. Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Have you ever wanted to be a race car driver? Well, you can at Dirtfish. Handle an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 350-acre training facility. Learn how to control a car in any situation, on any surface, in any condition. Go fast, get sideways. Get your adrenaline fix by visiting dirtfish.com. Listen to Talk 1370 anywhere with your Amazon Echo. Just ask Alexa to play Talk 1370. Now playing Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are in studio tonight with Willie T. Ribs and Mer- retired American race driver and now movie star to be. And- he may not be retired. You don't know that. <laughs> we <laughs> might be racing some way. We stir up sponsors sometimes. Well, we're going to get to all about Willie's movie and we're going to talk all about uh, the controversy, the racial controversy with Derek Daly, Connor Daly, and the sponsorship. But when we left, we said we we're going to talk about the movie. Why don't you tell us about Uppity, the movie that you got coming out? It all transpired from my P3 
piece that I did about Paul. Well, it was done about Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Adam Carolla. Uh, Ch- yeah. Chassis Media. That's mm-hmm. with a Y, right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, called me uh, a few years ago and said, we're making a documentary film about Paul Newman. We go, mm-hmm. And it's called uh, The Racing Life of Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. And we found out that Newman had a, a role in your career. and a big one. A big role. And so would would you talk about it? And so I said, yeah. So they came to the ranch here in Texas in Dripping Springs and uh, spent a day. And when it was over um, and and uh, peace was released, they called me and said, we want to talk about you. Mm-hmm. All right, we want to talk. We want, we're, we're getting a lot of feedback. It's a story in so, its so own. So this whole movie right. about... You know, 90-minute movie about Paul Newman, but yours was, what, a few minutes, two or three or five minutes, and then they pulled you out of that and said, hey, that was obviously we, a big part of that we, story. We want to do something with that. We want to hear more. Yeah. And and that's how it transpired. So then we literally filmed for two years. I mean, from England to Albuquerque. Wow. I mean, Bobby Unser, yeah. Al Unser Jr., yep. Robbie Bernie Ecclestone, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> That's an interesting connection. Uh, the, yeah, if you spread it over the right two years, you could get two personalities. <laughs> we, we've got, well, there, there was one personality in pictures and there was another personality that was speaking. And so um, it, 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 uh, we, we did our screening premiere at Indy uh, the, on Saturday before the race this year. And, um, which is last time I saw you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it took a big turn from there to where it is now. And a lot of people said, we want to see it. We want to see it. Well, um, Brian Koppelman saw it, who does the show Bayons. Okay. He wants it. (laughs) Oh, you're kidding. For a series. Ah, oh, now we're talking. On Showtime. Yeah, baby. Wow. Here we go. I have not heard this no, anywhere. Well, this is yeah, why he's, yeah, he's saving yeah. his powder. Yeah. He's so a proper shooter. <laughs> they, uh, Koppelman is writing the pilot right now. Fantastic. That's going to be awesome. And I just got a call. I got a call from Adam Carolla, and he says, well, you know, the we're, we're, um, we're, we're holding the dock right at the moment. They want to hold it. This is why. What do you think? I don't want to give too much away of the film because I want people to go and see it, but I think it's important that you put in context two things. One, that connection with Paul, uh, Paul Newman, who was in his own right a national champion, um, certainly on the West Coast. Uh, He did a lot of racing. People probably don't know his racing career. Uh, And I saw the movie that you're talking about on a plane and, and your quotes on it. You tell me the story, but your connection with Paul was that Paul basically saw what you were doing, saw you were struggling to to keep going and get the money going, and he he basically did you a solid. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, well, um, I was racing in Formula Atlantic, mm-hmm. and I came back from England, and I wanted to stay in open wheel cars. They didn't call them open wheel cars in those days; they were Formula cars. So, uh, because I my focus was either Formula One or IndyCar. So I was doing Formula Atlantic, and in November of 82, the day or two before Thanksgiving, 1982, I get a phone call 
out of nowhere, and it was Paul Newman. <laughs> and um, he called my parents' house, and then uh, they, I, I was at there. How old are you at this point? I was 25, I think. Mm -hmm. Was it your dad or your mother that owned it? I answered the phone, because I can just imagine <laughs> if my mother answered and Paul Newman's calling, I, I'd, it'd be an hour it, before I got to talk to him. Well, it was mom. And and mom, my mom's very cool about everything. And she said, um, she said, she called me and she said, uh, Paul's on the phone. And so he came on and he says, um, and we've talked before. Right. He says, look, he says, there's a deal that I, that if you want it, you have it. It's, a, it's not open wheels, not Formula cars, it's Trans Am mm -hmm. Championship. Mm -hmm. He says, and it's the series I race in, mm. which he was at the time. And he says, it's a team out of Portland. It's, it's uh, sponsored by Anheuser-Busch. I recommended them. Mm. <laughs> and that's what he said. I recommended to Anheuser-Busch that they put you in the car. Wow. And so you're going to get a call tomorrow from, from St. Louis. <laughs> and, and he says, if there's uh, any problems, call me. <laughs> okay. Now, it was the deal. If I had, if I had the Wayback Machine, I would yeah. go back and not throw away my red and white Motocraft Trans Am car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was that the beginning that of was, what led to you being the first black guy ever to race in Indy, if I'm right in saying? That was the beginning of my professional career. Uh -huh. Prior to that, I was just amateur. I was racing in England, racing Formula Atlantic. and um, But this uh, made me a paid race driver. Awesome. Well, and, did you did you consider, I mean, your goal, you said your goal was Formula Cars in Indy and and Formula One. Did you consider, you can't say no to Paul Newman and Anheuser-Busch, but, you know, what, what went through your mind? Well, I had to, um, you know, I had to eat. And that <laughs> grown kind of partial to yeah, it. So, and it was a paid gig. Yeah. And it was not just a paid gig, but it was first class. Mm. It was a, you know. Who I was your teammate? David Hobbs. Oh, yeah. That well, guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who, fairly handy himself, yeah. ex-Formula One driver and at this they, point. I didn't know, because Newman didn't say you were going to have a teammate. Right. He just said that. Hello, Hobbo. I bet Hobbo was hilarious to work with. Well, he was until I was going faster. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that probably didn't say That always well. comes in between with teammates. He's got a book out, too. I'd like to look up that chapter, How I Met Willie. Oh, yeah, no, and, and, and he's in the film. Okay. And, oh yeah, you know he's in the film, and and the team didn't expect what was going to happen. I mean, the first race was Moroso in Florida. Uh huh. Well, Hobbs was the designated one, number one driver. Sure. First race, I uh, qualified on the front row, and Hobbs qualified behind me. Oops. And. <laughs> That was yeah. the beginning. <laughs> Downhill from there. Kind of right? yeah. and, yeah. the, and then the next race was Summit Point, and Hobbs, you could see the look on his face, right, how intense he was. Well, I ended up on the pole. <laughs> and so uh, the relationship sort of, you know, uh, we weren't communicating a lot on setup sheets. So. Um, but it was, it was, it was from fun from the standpoint that it was intense. Yeah. Right. It was it was intense not just 
with uh, with my teammate, but with the other teams at Ford. You know, and in those days in Trans Am, it was factory versus factory. Factories yeah. were spending a lot of money to uh, to win a a championship. Yeah, and so. And what years are we talking here? Because eighty three was my first year. So those are the heady days of Trans Am at its highest. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, the ponies were bigger. Eighty three, yeah. and then eighty four uh, was bigger. And then I went to Roush in, uh, in yep. eighty four yep. and eighty five, and the manufacturers were spending a lot of money uh, to uh, compete. And at the time, uh, it was probably the biggest championship in America, uh, without a doubt. And Audi ended up coming in. Yeah. Now, when you get uh, yep. a, a major manufacturer like Audi to come compete in Trans Am, and they were spending a lot of money. Joe Hoppins said they were spending $15 million on Trans Am. Wow. Yeah, Trans yeah. Am. Yeah. In the 80s. 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 To me, right. at that point, that is the generation when Trans Am was Wild West. Oh, yeah. You had everybody showing up, and they were turning out great things. I mean, I'm not joking. I did have the motorsport. Uh, the model car. The, yeah, the yeah. car, because I was playing in Mustangs. Sure. SCCA stuff at the time and that was the car I had you know yeah. I aspired to be mine was a little street toy but still it was a solid team that's when motor, when uh, for one people quit looking at just straight line performance again it kind of died for a little while there through the 70s and the oil embargo that they only went straight but then then all this started coming back so and it was a major championship in those days mm. Trans Am was big you of course you had IndyCar right and then you had a NASCAR and you had IMSA, and you had Trans Am. And Trans Am was, te- those races in those days, we were televised. Yep. Yep. So, oh, uh, wide world of sports. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we Can-Am as well. Can-Am was big, of course. And uh, so it was, and there were rivalries. Sure. And I loved rivalries. Hmm. Scott Pruitt was one of my uh, <laughs> my rivals. And uh, Wow. Oh, yeah. It cost was, you 30 days. Yeah, it, it did. It did. <laughs> What was that? Yeah, mean? tell that story. Yeah, that well, that was an IMSA. That actually, that was the fight we had after um, the IMSA race in Portland, Oregon, and uh, him and Jenner, and I. You know, Jenner really didn't get into it. I invited him to get into it. <laughs> you know, and I told him, I said, uh, you know, Pruitt and I got into it, and then Jenner jumped out of the car and came at me, and I told him, I said, listen. <laughs> I said, little you know, pentathlon boy, you don't want yeah, this. I, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, Olympic man. I told him, quote, I'll, I'll, I'll shove that spear up your ass, <laughs> up your ass sideways. Yeah. And, and so he got back in the car. But, <laughs> uh, this is before the days of I'm throwing looking forward helmets. to this movie. They, they, yeah, it was fisticuffs these days. So, how did you get the break to Indy? Because, in a way, I guess, in having now heard There's how Bill you started. Cosby. Bill and, Cosby, and it was gosh, you've got them all. Cosby and, was a uh, one of the few teams was yours that he got involved with. In fact, well, he got he's never been involved with racing, and he called me. It was almost eerily similar to the Newman phone call. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I had won a race in Sears Point that Sunday, and he was doing a show in San Francisco. And he's he he's really big into sports, so he saw it on Sports Final yep. that I had won the race, and the the, the media up there they liked my my showmanship, so yep. they liked the the cars, the the rooftop, the alley shuffle, and they liked the quotes. So on Monday I got a call from Bill Cosby, 
And he called the house once again because my number was unlisted. So my dad called my house and says, um, you got a call from Bill Cosby. And I thought it was Newman pulling a prank. <laughs> and so he said, well, he, they want you to call him back. So I called the number back, and a guy answered the phone, his valet, and says, here, here he is. He's eating jello, but here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so he said to me, he didn't say hi. He went right into it. He says, tell me how much money you make in auto racing. I said, well, you spend a lot more than you make. Mm. So he says, well, how's Newman doing it? And I said, well, he's got Texaco, and he's got Kmart, and he's got major uh, major advertisers that are back in, back in their effort. So he says, okay, I'm going to be in Las Vegas in a couple of days. Call. I want you to call my secretary, and her name is Helen Keelhan. I'll never forget. And um, and she's going to have a flight for you to Vegas. And so he flew me down, and I walked into his room, and he wanted me to explain why I wanted to do what I did. And then three hours later, he says, "I'll I'll back you." But he says, "I don't like racing, so <laughs> don't ask me to come to the races." <laughs> he says, "I like what you're doing." And what, where you, where you're going, and what you've done, and uh, I want to see you succeed in uh, going where you want to go, mm-hmm. and that was it. Wow! All right, that's a nice segue to a break, because we got to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the next phase of your career. We're also going to, in the next break, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the the racial controversy that. Involved Derek Daly in the N-word and all of that. And because uh, I want to get your take, because I know you're a good friend of Derek Daly. All right, listen to Speed City live in Austin. Back after these messages. Hey, beer people. It's Christine Sellis. And I'm Daytona. Sellis Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing at Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Do you want to drive a rally car? Well, you can a Dirtfish. Get behind the wheel of an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 315-acre training facility. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface, in any condition, on our 12 different rally courses. Drift through corners, hammer down straightways, go fast, get sideways, and visit dirtfish.com. What's up? This is Bilko, Freestyle Motocross Rider with the Nitro Circus, and you're all listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to Speed City. 
We're really excited tonight. We've got Willie T. Ribs in studio, and we're going to continue with his story right now. And Willie, we want to ask about you know a lot of this. A lot of your story is about how you were treated coming up through racing because it was a different time, and being a black guy in racing was incredibly rare. But I know that a big part of your story is how you were treated. Well, I, Muhammad Ali and, and I were very close. Ali and I met Ali in London in 1977 when I was racing over there. And, you know, Ali gave me some words of wisdom. I'll and, bet. <laughs> and uh, he just said that what you're doing, uh, you, no one has done uh, of your nationality. And um, with the exception of Wendell Scott, and he was in, in NASCAR, but I was in a different mm-hmm. time. And um, I, oh, I let me tell you what you hear about the N word in, in respect to Derek Daly. If I complained about the N word back then, you'd hear it in the news every day. Right. I mean, every day. I, every time I went out, if I made complaints about it or tried to get someone fired, um, uh, it would happen all the time. I handled it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. I went the old-fashioned way. I, I, I put my foot up there, wrecked him, and twisted it. Yeah. That's how I handled it. And, and probably so, beat him, too. Oh, it, and, it, and, <laughs> and it only happened once or twice. Yeah. And then it was over. Yeah. You know, and, you know, in the, in the Lamey situation, for example, with Derek Daly, I mean, you know, Lamey wanted to sound cute uh, in front of the, in front of the, african-american girl he told the story oh she could have let it go or she could have just said hey you know man up yeah man let's just back up a sec because there are probably a lot of people who haven't heard this story derek daly is an ex-formula one irish uh driver who has spent most of his career working for the likes of espn and many other broadcasters very well very effectively doing formula one doing um indycar racing and has has an excellent commentator has been uh, for a long time he of course sired the great connor daly who is currently making his way uh, in the world and is an indy car driver currently he's also been doing um some uh, xfinity um nascar racing uh, recently i saw him at road america recently um but this all this controversy that has come up in the last week is sadly derek daly has been fired as has bob uh, lamey uh, but also, Connor, out of all, all of this, has been effectively a victim of this. Because 30 his plus spon- years later. 35 years later. Because his uh, sponsor, which is a diabetic product, uh, Lily. Lily, Lily Diabetes, uh, decided to pull their sponsorship af- after hearing about Derek's demi- uh, demise, as it were, uh, for a racial slur, as, as it was call- called, 35 years ago. And sadly, the sponsorship, the day before that Connor Daly was about to make his debut in the Xfinity Championship, in fact, his teammate or a fellow uh, Lily-sponsored driver got the pole. And I was incensed when I heard the story. I know Derek, I know Connor, I know how hard Connor works. And what really pissed me off was the fact that this was an action taken by a big company, which is a diabetic company, and Connor Daly is a diabetic. So they had the ultimate sponsor, the ultimate, like Charlie Kimball in um, in IndyCar right. as well. This was a representative, a, a really squeaky clean, lovely guy who, you know, 
being blamed for something that, I, again, I still think is wrong because I know Derek and I know I've grown up exactly the same way as Derek Daly. Um, and I don't know. I wanted you to give your take on this because I have no, you know, I, I yeah. cannot make an opinion on this. I, I saw am your name brought into it. Yes, and well, you were brought into it. <laughs> when I heard about it, I jumped right on it. And uh, I know Derek. Uh, he's been a very good friend of mine for 41 years. Such a good friend that in 1984, um, we had lunch with Muhammad Ali at Muhammad Ali's house. Derek didn't know that I knew Ali. And so I said, wouldn't you want to go to Ali's house? He said, Muhammad Ali? I said, yeah. <laughs> and so... I don't we, have to spar, do I? <laughs> we, we went to Ali's house and we spent a better part of three hours there, ate with him. And then that same evening, that night, Derek and I were at a nightclub in uh, West L.A. And there was some guys, some thugs out in a parking lot breaking bottles. The parking lot our car was parked in. And um, uh, as we were walking to the car, I yelled at these guys, you know, hey, man, don't quit breaking these bottles. Should have had Ali with you then. (laughs) And so... Different end of the story. So they were like, F you, F you in word, F you. And that was it. I said, Derek, we got got to throw down with these sissies. And we did. And he's only a little sprite like oh, Irishman, but I thought well, he, he fight. He was like Connor Daly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and um, we uh, they we we let him have it, and um, you know it was just he was fighting with me, and I'll never forget that. And um, when this happened, that's the first thing I thought about is him fighting with me of all people of all people against some some thugs uh. so um i i when i heard about it that morning i went right to work mm. and uh um you know I, I i i there was nothing i could do about him losing his 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 um his job with wish tv mm. and some of the appearances that that it was pulled from him. I mean, there was actual appearances that he was scheduled to make that uh, were pulled. I just thought it was crazy, and uh, and the only thing I could do was stand by him and and, and let the world know that ain't uh, whatever is has been said or heard. That's not who he is, right? Because the phrase, the figure of speech back then, when he said it, was was not a racial, it didn't have racial overtones. Certainly not where Not in the from. UK, right, no. where he was from, Well, right? he didn't direct it at anybody no. but himself. but himself. Right. He and direct- it's an expression of being the odd one out. Right, yeah. right. And, and, and 35 years later, um, he's, he, he loses everything. Yeah, that that's really what has upset me. And the fact that the irony is you're not upset with him. You're just as, uh, you know, miffed as we are that this has happened well, to this I was, man's I career. I wasn't miffed. I was pissed. Right, you okay, know, fair enough. enough. You, know, well, you, know, you know, look, Lame, if you wanted a piece of ass from the girl, just say something else. Yes, all right. Okay? <laughs> you, use another way. Try another way of getting it. Right. You know? Well, you know, I mean, going back to the most immediate part of that, Lily Diabetes, pulling it away from Connor, 
and for something that's 35 years old. Furthermore, it, Connor wasn't even born. Wasn't even he, he, wasn't born. Yeah, he, what, he, wasn't he has born. no control over that. <laughs> yeah. Connor's, furthermore, Connor's the same age as my son, Theo. Right, right. That's, he's 27. He wasn't born. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, furthermore, I have a real hard time with a medical company who profits to the tune of $6.2 billion last year, suddenly having a conscious consciousness over a word that was said 35 well, years ago. Well, apparently they got hit a while back with a racial discrimination suit. I yeah. think it was a class action. Yeah. And so they're they're a little bit uh, sensitive, and it was a knee-jerk reaction on, the, right. on their part. But you know what? There's I'm only, sure that there $6 was only one great uses. lily. His name was Bob. <laughs> there you go. Seventy four, baby. Yeah, oh yeah. And you know One what? Great I, I, let me just say, on behalf of Speed City, we don't. We're not talking about this because it, we're trying to get into some political stuff that that, that that is, you know, sort of out of our normal remit. This has been brought to motorsport. This has been brought into our into our wheelhouse, if you will, because motorsport doesn't generally take sides or do anything like this. Uh, you've built a career out of it. it it's not a racially tens place but as you know the country right now is facing the Kaepernick's and everything else that's going on there's a lot going on and if motorsport's going to get involved we're going to weigh in because frankly I, I feel very saddened for Derek uh, you feel very saddened for Derek you've just said it uh, I feel even more saddened for Connor uh, and you know I'm well, gonna Con I'm gonna Con say my, the, the my Con piece. Connor uh, that's outrageous but I think in Connor's case I think it's going to be it's made him uh, bigger than ever. Connor's mm. name is out there now, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people didn't know Connor's name, and he's an innocent victim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to uh, be a bigger positive in the end, I do, I think, than, than a negative. I think he'll come out of this cool. uh, stronger than ever. Well, I'm glad to have you here to kind of refute and, and, and effectively give your side uh, of effectively, you know, a friend of yours that's been harmed. Oh, yeah. And and if that's the case, and like I said, I handle it. Everybody, if I, if I was to go on and be president of the United States, <laughs> I would say, don't complain about it. Don't call the media. Don't get someone fired. Kick their ass <laughs> right on the spot. No, hey, bow. Racing's racing. I'm going for Willie the next yeah, one. Yeah, right, right here. here. Ballot right here. <laughs> Willie T, Willie, Willie 2020. Ah, let's, let's start it now. All right, we're going to take a Up break. Up for president. <laughs> and, Willie, when we come back, we're going to talk about what happened this week in the news. IndyCar coming to yeah. Austin, Texas, baby. And we got a good uh, interview with Bobby Epstein, and I want to get your take on it after that, too. Yeah. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. World Rallycross USA makes its debut at the Circuit of the Americas on September 29th and 30th. The FIA World Rallycross Championship presented by Monster Energy features head-to-head -head short, sharp racing on dirt and asphalt and a mega jump to boot. Experience the thrills, spills and some of the most intense, exciting racing in motorsport. And that's not all. The stars of America's Rallycross will also be competing in their final event featuring Kenny Block, Steve Arpin, Scott Speed and many more. For ticket information, go to worldrxusa.com. WorldRxUSA. 
Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. This is Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies. You're listening to Austin's Aggie Home. Talk 1370. The right choice. Hi, this is Michael Zweibach, driver of the number two discount tire Porsche. Welcome to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We're in studio with Willie T. Ribs and can we, can we extend the show? I know, I know. We I, I just <laughs> made, a, made a call during the break. We're not going to play the whole Bobby Epstein interview. We're going to play a clip from it here in a minute. But uh, but first, we're going to talk. Les wants to talk about uh, one of our new sponsors. Hey, new new sponsor. This is something you know we used to talk about. Uh, get off the couch, get it in gear. You can do it here with Lone Star Rally Cross, founded by a multi-time SACA solo rallycross national champion. Not only Rallycross champion, but Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner, Brianne Korn. She and her brother Kevin started up this school. It is fantastic. It's only about 20 minutes from Austin, uh, excuse me, from the Circuit of the Americas. And what is so great is they put together a track and a course that is perfect for your daily driven car to come out and race in the dirt there. Or a totally race-dedicated car. Come in for training. Come in with uh, anything you need. They'll coach you through your car setup training exercises and everything check them out at lonestarrallycross.com that sounds like a day to me man I'm yeah going, sounds like I'm yeah going out there i tell you with rallycross coming of course at the end of september that's the <laughs> world rallycross and the american rallycross willie i think i might get you out there for the celebrity race you up for that well i'm doing it one in two weeks well so that you just that's a <laughs> yeah, warm-up then i'm doing another one <laughs> okay good <laughs> All right, well, we're going to talk about, right now, we're going to play a little clip from uh, this interview you did, Jonathan, with Bobby Epstein, the founder and chairman of CODA. And the full interview's out on SoundCloud. We'll, we'll get it out on Yeah, social. and it's really, it's some great stuff. you got to check it out. But, uh, but then we're going to get your take, Willie, on uh, IndyCar coming to Austin. But right now, let's hear from uh, Bobby Epstein. Well, if he wins the poll and the race, he gets 100000 bucks. So that, that right there should be uh, something that's a little different than they've done elsewhere. And we're looking at it, and I think we're... I think we'll we'll fairly easily have the the second biggest purse of the year uh, behind the 500, uh, and maybe who knows years from now, as we build this, it'll get even closer to the 500 purse. And I wanted to talk about some of the questions that we've had in callers uh, who've called in. Um, 
There's no question that, um, like you said, you mentioned it already, the crossover between Formula One and Indy, those days of it being almost, um, you know, at loggerheads. I think in Bernie Eccleston's era, he was very, very sort of uh, offhand and, and, and defensive about IndyCar, whereas I feel that Liberty Media and also with the drivers like Alonso uh, and like Alexander Rossi and now Santino Ferrucci, uh, there is now much more parity and much more interest in both series, and that's true of the, the juniors as well. So I think those days of worrying about having both Formula One and Indy are over. I hope you're right. But I know that I know that uh, Formula One might benefit from having an American champion if you had someone who's winning an IndyCar and they made the switch to F1, which is a very hard switch. Uh, I think it may be a little harder to go in that direction. Um, that would that would really be a great boost for Formula One in the country. And I think by in the other direction, having Alonso. Uh, potentially coming to IndyCar or some of the other international drivers, it really it really adds to the crowd and adds to the excitement behind IndyCar. And it and, and right now IndyCar is on a huge upswing. I mean they're doing a terrific job, I think, in building their product. I think the fan base has been actually growing quite a bit, and they've announced a terrific calendar for next year. I think the the guys there are doing just a a really a really good job of building it, and they've got long-term view on things. So I think uh, only good things are going to happen for them. And it's got to be good for Texas. I know that we're looking at San Antonio and possibly uh, even Oklahoma City, but in terms of the region, now with NASCAR and Indy in Fort Worth, and now with an IndyCar race here, and Formula One, obviously, uh, we're now starting to get a much bigger culture here in Texas generally. So uh, I guess that learning that learning about motor racing and what it means, which is so prevalent, let's say, in the Northeast and around the Indianapolis area, Chicago, and so on, uh, and certainly in California and um, Florida, can, can grow here as well. Yeah, I think if we had started this in year one, we would have cannibalized both races. And I think instead what's happened is there's there's become a better awareness and better understanding of the, uh, the really the the great sport it can be, uh, just motorsports in in general and specifically these high level series. So I think it's got a great chance to build. I like the fact that that there's a race in, in Fort Worth in June and you can really um, yeah, two races in Texas is way better than one, and I think that that'll just help the sport itself. Interesting stuff, and there's a lot more to that interview with uh, Bobby. But that uh, you can pick through that. Uh, but it's nice having an ex Indy car <laughs> driver with us. Uh, your thoughts as a as an Austinite, effectively, or as a Texan now? Um, what are your thoughts on Indy coming here? Uh, you've done Indy. You wanted to be in Formula One. You're, you know, like I said, Bernie. Uh, you met Bernie at an early age. Um, well, I drove Bernie's uh, Formula One car in Portugal. Yeah, I, in '86. Yeah, uh, yeah, '85. '85. Okay. Um, this is something that I don't know if anyone has given any thought. Do you know that Coda will be the only track in the world mm. that hosts a Formula One and an IndyCar race? Yep. So amazing. And, yeah. And, yeah. And that's a really big deal. It and, is a big deal. And you know, the, the comparison is like comparing two different fight divisions. Right. Okay. There's you. You can't compare welterweight and middleweight, or middleweight with heavy or heavyweight. We have two different championship weight divisions that are coming here, and both of them are heavy. And hitters. both of them are big time heavy hitters. You've got uh, uh, IndyCar to kick ni- uh, 2019 off, and Formula One will close it. Close the season. Yeah. Closes. Close it out. And I, I think it's huge for 
for this city. It's huge for the sport, and it's right here in Texas. I mean, and for Epstein to take the gamble mm. that he did, I mean, that was a big-time roll dice, and then he got rained out yeah, a yeah. few years ago. We were there. Yeah, that, that, that could have been a deal-breaker. That could have closed the show, but he hung in there, and it just keeps getting more popular. Last year... Last year's show was phenomenal. Yes, it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, the buildup, the celebs, yep. the, the concerts, the uh, pre- uh, former President Clinton was here. I mean, <laughs> Michael Bubba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Michael, and when you get, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, when you get uh, heavy testicles like that showing up, <laughs> you got a big show. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, I mean, it was a bomb. I mean, Liberty Media now, I think, will just help grow that. Um, you know, and I think Formula One has finally woken up to the fact Bernie, great guy, did an unbelievable job. But the marketing side and, and trying to make it in a place where the show is everything. You only need to see the halftime at the Super Bowl to realize that if you want to be successful in America in sports, you've got to put on a show. And last year they put on a show. This year they got Bruno Mars. They've got Britney Spears. Um, there's the potential of Alonzo coming in, in Indy. Uh, the Formula One. I, you know, I, I can't say, like, I'm with you on Bobby's, uh, you know, uh, ability to stick with this against a lot of the odds, to be honest. Um, and, and he's made it happen. And everybody loves this circuit. Yeah, well, and, and it's not like uh, the governor and lieutenant governor made it easy on him. No, yeah. no, they 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 changing the deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they haven't made it easy uh, um, for him to keep this show going. But with Le- Liberty Media coming in and taking it to the next level in terms of entertainment, the racing's always going to be awesome, mm. and it's better than ever now. I mean, you got Ferrari and you got Mercedes. You got Italy versus Germany, the mm-hmm. whole country. I mean, it's just uh, awesome to watch to the point where drivers uh, like uh, uh, Raikkonen mm-hmm. and Botas are running interference. Yeah. I mean, I mean that is great stuff. It's become great theater. Yep. And now with Liberty Media putting the icing on Bernie's cake, because Bernie made the cake. Yes, he did. They're putting the icing on. It's uh, talking about putting the icing. It's a nice full circle to maybe ask you about what you think about effectively the the biggest showman in Formula One, Lewis Hamilton, um, because he looks as though he'll come here again to Austin to try to crown himself as world champion for a fifth time uh, to equal Fangio and get ahead of Vettel if he pulls it off. But he has been a trailblazer, not unlike yourself, um, here in America. Uh, and and almost didn't realize his mantle when he arrived here for the first time as a sort of iconic black uh, figure. Well, he's sport. a rock star. Yeah, of course <laughs> he's a rock star in Formula One, but he's become a rock star internationally, as like Michael Jordan or yes. Muhammad Ali were rock stars worldwide. Yeah, he's a rock star worldwide, and he's become one uh, in in the United States, and 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 deservedly so. He is insane. In terms of talent, and uh, and and just just speed, mm. you know, he's just a great driver. He's and and Jackie Stewart and I, you know, we we I, I didn't like some of the things Jackie Stewart said, and I I went after Stewart for saying a few years ago that be, before Stewart before Hamilton won his second championship, I said he said, well, he's fast, but he doesn't have the mental capability of 
winning a championship. <laughs> you know, oh, I bet that's, that's a what, that, oh, 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 I, I, uh, uh-huh. uh, I, I went nuts on that, and and I posted it. Yeah. And um, Stewart, all of a sudden, you know, I guess he's at home having tea in Scotland. Yeah. Because he, he hasn't he's afraid to my, come out now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was I was watching a forum just a little while back, and they said that Hamilton's training regimen is nothing like it should be. And the perfect response was, well, he's got four championships to argue that point with. Yeah, yeah. he gets caught, he gets a hard time for going out in L.A. and hanging out with his Lamborghinis and Ferraris. Anyway, we're running out of time. I want to extend the show by at least three hours, but we're not going to do it. We'll have to have you back on again. John? Yeah, Willie, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, love to get your some incredible news about your movie and how it's now going to become a series on Showtime. Is that what it is? Well, that's the plan. Yeah. Wow. That's the plan. Yeah. Uppity. Yeah. That's the movie. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And when can we see the movie? Well, uh, Chassis Media, actually, with a Y, C-H-A-S-S-Y media.com. Okay. They're the one that you Releasing. can pre-order now. Okay, great. And um, I did it today. Yeah. All right, Willie, thank you so much for coming in studio. It was fantastic to have you. Hey, when it gets hot again uh, or cold. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah, never controversy. Best we're we're going to be here. Best of luck in your next race, and I want to see you at the Rallycross, too. I think I've got, a, I've got a place for you. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. We will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.